It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, the part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day of the week. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all other major podcasting platforms. And follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday, Like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Next Friday is going to be Christmas Eve, and I'm currently on the fence on whether you'll get a weekly Friday mailbag next Friday. But maybe I will do it. It's the holiday season, and maybe I'm feeling giving. I don't know yet, but go ahead and send those questions in to me by either adding me at Julian Council or DMing me at Julian Council. But first, make sure to click the follow button there on Twitter, at Julian Council. Let's get straight into it. As Carolina Panthers are heading up north to Buffalo this weekend to face off against the Buffalo Bills. Technically, they're going to Orchard Park, New York at Highmark Stadium. 
at 1 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. But either way, as we know, they're going to face off against Sean McDermott, the former defensive coordinator here in Carolina, former assistant GM Brandon Bean, now the GM in Buffalo, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and all of those other fine gentlemen playing for the Buffalo Bills, who currently sit at 7-6, and six, two games behind the New England Patriots, who have taken firm control of the AFC East. But this is an important game for Buffalo. It's an important game for the Carolina Panthers, who still only sit one game back of the wild card and who I gave you a detailed description of how they can make the playoffs this season. Well, it's very simple. Win the rest of their games and have everyone else in front of them fall off. It's very possible that the teams in front of them could fall off. But will the Carolina Panthers win the next four games? And can Matt Rule salvage whatever is left of the season and give himself an opportunity to have a third year in Carolina? We will find out starting on Sunday against Buffalo. All right, let's get into your mailbag question. Starting off with William, one of the big topics of the week, unfortunately, has been the Carolina Panthers two-quarterback system. William sent me a tweet from Ellis Williams from the Charlotte Observer, who's been on the show once before, tweeting that P.J. Walker acknowledged that using a two-quarterback system makes establishing a rhythm difficult and added, this is one of the more crazy seasons that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. You're right, PJ. It has been pretty wild so far this season. Uh, William Denass saying, um, if our own players can see it, then why the hell can't Matt rule? That's a good question that I cannot answer. I don't know. I feel like if Cam Newton, if Matt rule had full confidence that Cam Newton knew the offense and had full understanding of the offense, that PJ Walker would not play a snap. And also, if Cam Newton plays well like he did against Washington, then I believe that P.J. Walker will not play a snap on Sunday. But based off the last two performances against the Dolphins and then this past Sunday against the Falcons where he's turned the football over, and I get it. P.J. does the same thing, but Matt Rule wants to put him out there in situations. But if Cam was playing perfect football, basically, and not turning the football over, then Matt Rule would not feel the need to go to P.J. Walker. Is that right? Is that wrong? It's up for you. To, it's up to you to decide. I, I don't necessarily love the two-quarterback system. I think the most prudent thing for the Carolina Panthers to do over the next four weeks is to play Cam Newton 100% of the quarterback snaps as long as the game is still, you know, in control or not even that, but, like, the game's somewhat, you know, can be chased. or If they're getting blown out or they're blowing someone else, fine. You can take them out, put in P.J. Walker. But I want to see Cam Newton. Get a good look at him. I still don't really know how good of a look you can really get at a guy who doesn't know the offense um, well enough to play every snap and not have any concerns about putting someone else in as the two-minute drill, the four-minute drill, and also behind that offensive line. But we'll see how things go moving forward here, William. Starting on Sunday where, go ahead and prepare yourself. Cam and PJ are both going to play. Question from David saying, hey, Julian, first, I just want to say I love the podcast. Thank you, David. And even though it feels like the Panthers can't do anything right, I can always rely on the podcast to be entertaining. Well, I'm glad that you feel that way. Now, he has two questions. One, will you be disappointed if we don't spend early draft capital on O-line this upcoming draft? Yes, I will be. Just as disappointed as I was on draft night this year when Panay Sewell was not there on the board after Detroit took him and the Carolina Panthers had to go in another direction. That direction was J.C. Horn, who looked like he was going to be everything as advertised until he broke his foot on that Thursday night football game in Houston. We have not seen him since, and the only time we might see him here the rest of the season is if the Panthers make the playoffs, which seems unlikely to happen. Offensive line, as I mentioned, is the number one position group that they need to address. Yes, quarterback's important, but it does not matter who you put back there if you don't have someone to protect them. And that's been my message when so many people were gung-ho about going out and getting a quarterback like a Mac Jones or Justin Fields. And while that would make a ton of sense for the future, 
how much success would either one of those guys this season had behind this offensive line? Is that what you're trying to put a rookie quarterback in? No. So offensive line, yes, please. Left tackle, whatever you got to do. A guard, I'll take the center kid, uh, Lindenbaum or whatever from uh, Iowa. I don't give me an offensive lineman. I don't care who, who it is. As long as they're a top-rated guy in the first round, give me that guy. His second question is, what are the biggest things you need to see rule fix in the last couple of games of the season? Obviously, it doesn't doesn't look like we are going to the playoffs, but I feel like rules should be able to address some of the team's issues, such as penalties. And I was wondering what you are looking for in him. Anyways, thank you for being the most consistent part of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> At least someone's consistent, right? Uh, plenty of people do a great job covering the Panthers and being consistent, but I appreciate that, David. For me... Need to see better game control. Stop wasting timeouts um, in the first quarters and second quarters because the offense has no idea what's going on. Um, make up your mind. When you want to go for fourth downs, just go ahead and do it. If the analogs are telling you to do it, you should already know in that situation on third down whether if you get the requisite amount of yardage or whatever it is, whether you need to go forward and forth. Be committed in what you want to do so oftentimes it feels like Matt Rule is not quite sure like when we go back to I think the Washington game where they wasted the time out it's like why are you doing that just go and make a decision and do that kind of stuff um the penalty is gonna be cut down we need to see that and you know it'd be nice to see also not playing two quarterbacks so there's a few things that need to Matt from Matt Rule but really just need to see him be the head coach of a winning football team at least once over the next four weeks please all right one more question here before we take it out pause um Eric what up, Julian? It's Eric Whiteside. Hey, Eric, ex-Elon quarterback and captain of the team in 95. Hell yeah. Go fighting Christians back then. Eric, love your podcast. I live in San Diego now, but listen daily. Hell yeah. San Diego is awesome. Um, Let's get CMC healthy. Go all O-line into drafts last free agency. Following a good defensive draft, bounce all of the quarterbacks and grab Jimmy G to have a great, great game manager that throws a catchable ball. I've been down with the Panthers since day one, but quarterback play is awful. I have no idea how Cam won an MVP and Drew Brees has not. Go Elon. That's a very interesting way to close things out there. Go Elon. Yes, Eric. But dang, throwing some Cam shade and then praising Drew Brees. Brees was an excellent quarterback. Game, respect game, even though I didn't have game like that. So either way, he, he was great. And it was hilarious to see the way he went out last year in the playoffs. While also recognizing that he had a fantastic career, he deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And Cam had a great season in 2015. And I don't look at that season as an anomaly. Who he drugged to the to 15 and 1 when you look at those wide receivers like Philly Brown and Jericho Cotchery and Devin Funches to do everything he did that Tedgin Jr. Like Greg Olson was his best receiver. He plays tight end. Like Cam deserved to win the MVP that season, absolutely. And it's insane to me that that was the number one offense in the NFL when you look at everything that they had offensively as far as weapons for Cam that season. And then now what you look like, what they, what they have now, or at least last season, it's incredible to see. But um, with your Jimmy G thing, I brought this up earlier in the week where don't really talk to me about Jimmy G, but when you look at the actual options that will be out there at quarterback and veteran options, I have a hard time seeing Aaron Rodgers wanting to come here. Same thing with Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Have no idea what the deal with that is. I don't think that they're going to go put um, Bay as in Matt Rule is going to put his uh, make or break season if he gets one on the arm of Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or any of these quarterbacks coming out of college. Jimmy Garoppolo actually would make the most sense as far as realistic targets right now. Jimmy G 
is going to take the 49ers to the playoffs. At least the 49ers are going to the playoffs this season with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback. The future, obviously, is Trey Lance. How bright that future is, we will see. He's taken his team, as least as the quarterback, has helped him get to a Super Bowl a couple years ago. He was not great in that game. The 49ers should have won it. They were up by double digits with about five minutes left in that game, and somehow they blew it because Patrick Mahomes just pulled some crap out of his ass, and the Chiefs did what they did all season long. Won the Super Bowl, they were deserving. But San Francisco was a better team, in my opinion, that year and that day. Just didn't happen. But Garoppolo is good enough for a team like the Panthers where they should be next year where you can win with them and you can get to the playoffs. Can you win a Super Bowl with them? No. And because you can't win a Super Bowl with him, how interested is David Tepper really going to be in Jimmy Garoppolo? They were very close there, there in San Francisco to doing that, but they also just traded three first-round picks to so get, get somebody who can replace him and hopefully be that quarterback who can lift the 49ers back to hosting the Lombardi Trophy, which is the expectation out there in the Bay. So... Hey, Jimmy Garoppolo wouldn't be a bad option. It's a better option than what they probably have right now on the roster, and that's still having questions about whether Cam has how much Cam has left in him moving forward. So we'll see how things go with that. So good to hear from uh, an Elon alum there in Eric. All right, quick pause, and then another Eric has a question when we come back here on Locked On Panthers. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium is less than 100 days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the National Football League is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. That Hero is the first-of-its-kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner-take-all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports Sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play them for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head to head is what daily fantasy should be one on one. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. All right, back to your questions. We go from one Eric who had a K to an Eric with a C who asked, since the Panthers franchise has failed to create a plan to improve this desolate wasteland of relentless mediocrity. Holy crap. Oh, my God. If you were owner slash GM, what would you do to make this team a long-term playoff team? Well, what I would have done if I was the owner of the Carolina Panthers is I probably wouldn't have hired Matt Rule. I would have been an Eric Bieniemy guy. And I probably would have given Cam Newton one more year. And if that did not work out, then I probably would have gone out there and drafted a quarterback this past year. I also would have 
spent capital on an offensive lineman back in 2020 instead of Derek Brown. And I wouldn't have spent every pick on a defensive players. And yeah, that's probably what I would have done. But now looking at the situation, what would I do? I wouldn't draft a quarterback. I would draft an offensive lineman. I would put my resources and try and bring a guy back like Stephon Gilmore if he wants to come back here and guys like Hassan Reddick. I would also look, man, I would try everything I could to get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson. I would, but I don't know. That's it's just not that simple. That's the thing. That's that's what sucks about where the Panthers are right now. It's just not that simple where you're like, yeah, they can trade for Aaron Rodgers because they don't have a lot of draft capital. And are you really going to give up your first round pick this year and did not have enough to build an offensive line around him? And also with free agency, as we've seen. Now, the two guys that they brought in, and Elfline and Irving, we knew from the get-go that they just weren't that. But you got to spend money if you want to get big-time free agents on the offensive line. And there's not always great players out there available. And there's been times, like Matt Khalil, where the Carolina Panthers spent a ton of money, and they thought that they were going to fix a position, and that did not work. So it's not a guarantee that it will if they spend the money. I think like Nate Solder went to the Giants and he was great in New England and he has not been good for New York. Now the Chiefs reworked their offense line and those signings have worked out and there have been obviously big time signings that have worked, but for the Carolina Panthers, it's just that's not necessarily the way to get things done. So it's hard for me really to answer that question because it's not just you do this one thing, everything's fixed. Because you have to have, you got to convince some guys to come back and the salary cap's going to go up and then you also have to draft the right players. But first and foremost, you got to get an offensive lineman in the first round. And then prior to that, you got to figure out one of these top quarterbacks and try and get them to come here to Carolina. And that will put you in the right direction moving forward in 2022. But it's really not that simple, Eric. And I appreciate your questions about the desolate wasteland of relentless mediocrity and how to fix it. Okay, Jake. Hey, hope you're doing well. Thank you, Jake. Sorry you have to watch this uh, dog bleep team every week for a living. It's, hey, man, it's okay. I enjoy it. At least you're not insane enough to get, out, get out, go out of your way every Sunday to watch it like I do. My question for the show is, what is the best way this team can address the quarterback and O-line deficiencies with the resources they have and potentially compete next year and set themselves up for hope in the years to come? If we trade for a quarterback, are we left with no draft picks left for O-line? If we draft an all-O-line, are we left with no draft picks to trade for a quarterback? It sure hurts to be a Panthers fan. Yeah, it could be worse. Um, look at Jacksonville and the Jets. It, it, there's worse situations for sure. Houston, terrible situation. Yeah, if they trade for – like they're not getting Russ or Aaron Rodgers without giving up that first-round pick, or at least 2023. And I know they're going to fight their tooth and nail. I know Scott Fitter is. He's going to be in on every deal. He's going to figure it out. I trust Scott Fitter. But he's not going to want to give up that 2022 first-round pick. And he's right not to do that because whoever they draft there is going to be asked probably day one to come in and protect the blind side of whoever that quarterback is. And the best-case scenario, too, is like maybe you just get uh, like a guy, Jimmy, not best case, but this is a scenario where if you don't want to waste any capital, you get a guy like a Jimmy Garoppolo and sign him to a reasonable contract and maybe a two-year deal or whatever it is. And then maybe next year in 2023, there's a better quarterback class and you can draft his replacement like what's happening to him in San Francisco, but also be competitive over the next two seasons with a guy who has proven that with a good team around him, he can definitely help you get to the playoffs, even if that means he's not going to necessarily elevate your team. And just to know, the 49ers have they can give they can cut Jimmy G like he's not going to be a free agent 
per se, but they can cut him and save $25 million against the cap. Another option could also be Kirk Cousins, who the Vikings, if they fire Mike Zimmer and they get rid of their general manager, Rick Spielman, I imagine the new head coach is probably going to be like, Kirk, we're good here, and they could cut him and save $35 million against the cap next year, and also there could be the $10 million of dead cap, but they're not going to be that concerned about that. They're going to probably try and find their own new quarterback, like a Kellen Mond. We'll see how that works out. But um, Kirk Cousins also could be an option for the Carolina Panthers, who has proven that you can get to playoffs with him, but he's not going to elevate your roster to the point where you want to win a Super Bowl, which was the hope that he would do that there in Minnesota. And Kyle Shanahan, once upon a time, the head coach there in San Francisco, wanted Kirk Cousins instead of Jimmy Garoppolo, but... Bill Belichick did his uh, dad a uh, favor by sending Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, a quarterback who was capable of winning games there in San Francisco, but things have not necessarily worked out the way that they all would have hoped. All right, next question from Carden Gnome. Do you think Rule wanting to use two quarterbacks is a move of desperation for not knowing a solution to the quarterback problems we've been see- having? To me, it seems like he thinks it will keep defenses guessing, but I feel like it keeps our offense guessing instead. I, everyone, as Jeff Nixon said, on Thursday, who's the new play caller. Everyone knows what the plan is going into Sunday. They're not just going out there and be like, hey, Cam, actually, just thought about this. We're going to play P.J. Walker this drive. That's what all the media acts as if, like the national media, saying, oh, Cam just got benched again. No, that was the plan. Matt Rule has been transparent about this. Jeff Nixon's being transparent about this. That's the plan going in. Now, I will say this, though. When you look at the two-quarterback system and the fact that Sam Darnold has been designated to return from IR. Get ready, folks. Prepare yourself mentally for this. If Matt Rule doesn't have confidence to play only one quarterback right now and either P.J. Walker or Cam Newton, doesn't that make you think he's going to only play Sam Darnold when Sam is cleared and ready to go? Because he believes that Sam knows the offense. He can trust Sam to go out there and run a two-minute drill and all the other stuff. And they doesn't have to worry about having to you know, put P.J. in for certain situations and have Cam in there for other situations. They can still incorporate Cam in the red zone. I'm just letting you know, prepare yourself for potentially going back to a one-quarterback system in the next couple weeks, maybe the final two weeks of the season, and that one-quarterback system being Sam Darnold. Because it makes a lot of sense in a way where, like, okay, if you have to play two quarterbacks right now, then wouldn't it make the most sense once the guy who you had, who was the quarterback, who knows the offense, that you would only play him instead of doing this merry-go-round of, oh, this Cam for most of the, of the game, but, oh, two-minute, four-minute drill, can't have Cam out there. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying prepare yourself for Sam Darnold to be QB1 again and to be playing all of the snaps here in a couple weeks outside of maybe red zone situations. All right. Let's see. We got a couple. Some of y'all gave me some like John Steinbeck level American novels. Uh, Brian here says, hey, man, love the podcast. Love you too, Brian. Just some thoughts for the end of the season. How about we re-sign Dante Jackson? Uh, JC Horn is already under contract. Um, Gilmore. Okay. Burns. Reddick. Obviously, we need an O-line. So in the draft, that's strictly what we were looking for. Quarterback. Listen, the quarterback problem is not going to be solved anytime soon. So we have no... One worth coming through the draft, in my opinion. Why don't we wait until someone worth actually does, worthy actually does, come through in the draft? Otherwise, the only possibility is to pick up a decent offensive line that would help Russ will want to come play behind. Otherwise, I'd say we can keep Cam for as long as possible, give him a better line, and maybe pick up Claypool from the Steelers. Hard pass on that. I know some people will say we don't need it, but I think if we can take some pressure off more and get another possible top wide receiver, why he while he is young, we can be really 
we can really be a 20-plus year team when a good quarterback comes through the draft. I know that it will take a while, but at least it will give us hope about going in the right direction. Running back is not a huge problem. We can fix it line. Then Cam and CMC Hubbard can do enough. P.S. Give Matt Rule more time to let him build. I agree with. Yes, I just give him another offseason. Give him another offseason. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, like... <laughs> So the, I'm not really into don't I, I don't think they need to resign Dante Jackson. We can get into that later. Gilmore up before, but I don't know if he wants to do that. Burns, they're gonna pick up his fifth year option after the season. Not time to re-sign him. If anyone needs to get re-signed, it would be DJ Moore. It's not Burns' it's turn. And then Reddick, yeah, seems to be a priority for agent signing. They don't need to bring in Chase Claypool. They extended Robbie Anderson. They have DJ Moore and then Terrace Marshall, give him a full off season where he's healthy. And then hopefully he can be a factor in 2022. They don't need to go out there and get any more wide receivers, in my opinion. But offensive line, yes, is very much the the key thing to do. And we'll see if they can get a Russell Wilson. But if not, you got to go find a veteran like a Jimmy G or maybe a Kirk Cousins who might be interested in coming to Carolina and can at least win your games next season and not necessarily hold you back. Well, <laughs> not completely torpedo your season like we've seen from the quarterback so far this season here in Carolina. All right, can I take another quick pause and answer the rest of your questions here in just a moment? Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers, or if you're just Standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, as I was saying, we have some Steinbeck-level great American novels this week, and Fernando is one of those folks. As I told y'all, when you DM me, don't get crazy. This right here, Fernando, this was getting crazy. But I love you, and I appreciate the support, so I'm going to try and answer this question while also trying to figure out where and how I can get through this as quickly as possible. He said, hey, Julian. Hey, Fernando. Before my question for the mailbag, I'd like to tell you that I appreciate a lot of your pods and views on all the Panther stuff. It's always very reasonable. Thank you, Fernando. Question. Help me see where Matt Rule can at least give us hope if he stays for a third year. On Tuesday, you discussed some of those points, some examples. All right. Going to try and some brevity here, folks. After a year and five games, he starts telling that we can't turn a ball over on offense. We had a quarterback last year that did not do that, but you got rid of him. Okay, point. He saw the Darnold tape, saw some wild plays, and didn't bought into that, even though he's not very good behind offensive line, and he knew that they had a bad offensive line. He liked the traits of Irving and Elf line, besides the bad tape. Okay, might work with a plan to maximize their strengths, but did not work out. 
rookie wide receivers. Some scouts like Marshall and Shy, they have been buried behind Zilstra and other players. Again, they might be bad picks or not well-developed, especially Marshall that has physical tools to play immediately. So there's rookies. We'll get there eventually in scheme. Last year at the Bears game, the offense declined. This year at the fast start, the same thing happens without even taking or talking about three games against Belichick and his disciples. Dolphins and Giants, just horrible. Robbie going nuts over the routes against the Eagles and yada, yada, yada. He says, I agree that the third year might bring the foundational stuff to the surface and the team gets a lot better. But after seeing all those issues above, man, it's really hard to have faith in that. And I'm a guy that thought rule would be really good. Michael Lombardi is someone that he uh, listens to and very knowledgeable and he respects his opinion. And Lombardi is someone who uh, gave a nice glowing review of Matt Rule. I know, long question and probably out of line for the mailbag, <laughs> but can we really have hope that some foundation is really being built there? Either way, Tepper is the boss, and he'll do whatever he wants to. Let's see what those four games bring. Yeah, that's very true. Um, look, the players out there, at least the guys who played with him at Temple before, and there's a reason why he brought them in, to help establish his culture, because he understood that coming from college is going to be difficult to tell a bunch of professionals, especially guys who don't know him, that what he does can work. He brought in a lot of his staffers have been with him and he probably should have hired Nixon in the first place instead of going out there out of his comfort zone. Like he said, with Joe Brady at OC because like PJ Walker and Robbie Anderson have said like it will work. It works just under, just trust us. So I'm just going to sit here and hope and trust that it's going to work and that the rest of the team is buying in because Matt rule doesn't think effort is a problem. But I also was talking to a former Carolina Panthers at the game on Sunday, and he was looking at that sideline and seeing Rule run around yelling and pretty much no one kind of react to him at all. So there might be some guys who really aren't buying in, and that might be the majority of the team. So we'll see. I, I just, I don't know. Out of principle, I just don't think you fire a coach after two seasons. I get the NFL. It might be easier than college to go back and re- rebuild your roster, but maybe that's not the case anymore with the transfer portal and guys not being locked in a contract. You saw what Michigan State was able to do this year by going getting a bunch of transfers and going 10-2. and two. So that's kind of where I sit there. All right, Brody. Should the Panthers sign Stephon Gilmore or release him for a comp pick? No, definitely sign Stephon Gilmore. They don't even throw to his side. Someone asked uh, Phil Snow about this on Thursday, just what kind of impact that Gilmore has. It's the fact that you can just basically have one side of the field that's already cut off. And if you can bring back Chasey Horn, he can do that. You could have a really good tandem. One, two South Carolina Gamecocks, one who's proven to be one of the better corners in the NFL the last decade, and another one who could end up being like that in a decade to come. So I would absolutely want to bring back Gilmore. You're going to get comp picks for guys like Dante Jackson and other players. So that's not only Gilmore's the, one with the comp pick that you want. You brought him in, try and retain him. And his wife also tweeted out on Thursday that she's never leaving Charlotte. So we'll see how that works out. Um, happy wife, happy life, as I was told. York, questions for the Lockdown Panthers mailbag. Was Cam forced on rule by David down for a photo op? Tepper, uh, do you suspect rules continued development of a two-quarterback system has played into Cam's subpar play since his return? Cam has struggled, well, one, because he's rusty, doesn't have a firm grasp of the playbook, and he might just not be that good anymore. He certainly had a moment in Washington. He's had his moments in Arizona. He's had his moments in the other games, too. But I think it's really his comprehension of the playbook right now and his comfortability in the system, which is very hard to be there after only a couple weeks. So I I don't really think you can put that much criticism on the guy because it was a really tough situation coming. That's why I think he's struggling. And then as far as was he pressed on rule by Tepper, uh, there's a possibility that David Tepper was all cool with it. And I'm at rule. The story he tells is that I think Scott was the one who first called him and asked Cam if he'd be interested in, and they had a conversation, and, you know, one thing led to another, and Cam Newton's back here. 
I don't know how much it was like David Tepper's like, I need to sell tickets, bring this guy back. Because you saw what the stadium looked like on Sunday late in the game. Everyone was out of there. So bringing back Cam, is it might have helped for the Washington game, but hasn't done much, uh, as we saw on Sunday, against Arizona to get people that hyped up because the team's just not very good. Aaron asks, big fan of the podcast. Thanks, Aaron. Big fan of you. Wondering if you really think Cam's play has been that bad. Miami was bad, but I don't think that Washington Atlanta was a horrible performance by Cam. He made the bad throw for the interception, but other than that, he still completed 65% of his passes at 7.7 yards per attempt. Fine. Arizona, didn't, he only played nine snaps, but two touchdowns of those nine snaps. Washington, yes, he played well, three touchdowns. Miami was brutal. Um, let's just be honest. He was really bad against Miami. And Atlanta, he had two critical turnovers and the whole the stuff the, the getting stepped on by an elf line and trying to hand it off I get that most quarterbacks are probably going to still try to make that play you still got to eat that um and we don't need to harp on it it's just a bad bad decision and it hurt the team so two really critical errors there by Cam Newton on Sunday was he awful on Sunday no but you can't turn the football over and that played a really big factor in the Carolina Panthers losing on Sunday that's just it played a factor and losing the turnover battle is really why they lost. So, yeah, that's why I say it played a really big factor. But I don't think Cam has been, like, abjectively horrible. There's also, like, you're kind of grading him on a curve, and you also have to understand, like, what he's dealing with and trying to just come in a situation when you don't have the reps and you haven't been around and you've been on the couch. Well, he's not really on the couch. You know he's working out, but still, it's just it's a difficult situation for Cam Newton. So I don't want to be overly critical, but he has not been – he hasn't shown me enough to where I'm like, yeah, that's the guy we need to bring back next year. That's just how I feel right now. It's not. I'm not saying he can't. He shouldn't come back next year. I'm just saying let's see a couple more weeks. It's only a small sample size, and it's going to be a small sample size. And it's not going to be a perfect way to evaluate him. We all have to understand that. But, yeah, he needs to be a little bit better, obviously, for the Carolina Panthers to win and for him to come back next season. Two more, Nicholas saying, I don't love any of the quarterbacks in the draft this year and don't want to dig a bigger hole. Thoughts on keeping Matt and Darnold another year while adding supporting cast, O-line, run defense, et cetera, and then pulling the plug next year if it doesn't work and inserting a new quarterback into a better situation slash supporting cast. Yeah, I don't think they need to reach for a quarterback. I agree with you there, Nicholas. Um Matt Barkley is not going to be on the roster here in like a week. <laughs> Whenever Sam Darnold gets uh, ele- gets uh, activated, Matt Barkley's gone. So let's just understand that. I guess they're going to carry three quarterbacks. I don't really know what the plan is there. I doubt they're going to cut Cam Newton. That would be a horrible thing to do, and people would lose their minds. You think it's going to be bad? It, it, the worst thing he could do at this point, that being Matt Rule, is to – Activate Sam Darnold and then cut Cam Newton because then you're going to be starting Sam Darnold and getting rid of the guy that everyone wanted here in the first place. That's just not great PR and fan control. I don't think Tepper's going to allow it to happen either. But I do agree that I don't think I don't really think keeping Sam Darnold next year is going to happen. I feel like they're going to have to cut him and either way they're going to eat that salary. Maybe the best case scenario is like, yeah, you can keep him on the roster as a very expensive backup because at least you know you can win a couple games with him and he can have a good month. He's just not good through the the entirety of a season. Yeah, there's just not a great like I, we've gone over. There's just not a lot of great options at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers that you're for sure are going to come here and that you have to trade for. All right, final question here. Alex, uh, given the cap situation and holes throughout the roster, especially on the line, do you believe the 2022 week one starter quarterback is currently on the roster? I don't think it's P.J. Walker. I say that. Don't think it's Matt Barkley. 
pretty confident in those two. I don't think it's going to be Sam Darnold. And quite frankly, I don't think it's going to be Cam Newton. So, no, Alex, I don't think the 2022 Week 1 starter is currently on the Carolina Panthers roster. I think they're possibly – I think he is possibly playing in San Francisco or Minnesota. And I'm not sitting here and saying I'm endorsing bringing Jimmy Garoppolo or endorsing bringing Kirk Cousins here. I'm just looking at what you got to give up potentially to get Aaron Rodgers and whether Aaron Rodgers wants to deal with this and then potentially got to give up to give Deshaun Watson and whether he actually wants to come here and same thing with Russell Wilson. The low-cost option, basically just giving up cap space and not assets, is likely a Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins. So I think those guys probably have a pretty damn good chance, as good of a chance to be the starting quarterback next year as maybe Cam. We'll see. It's hard It's hard to see how things are going to play out. We'll see what free agent quarterbacks pop up, what kind of deals might be out there. But I don't think any of the current th- Four quarterbacks on the roster will be the day one starter there in 2022. All right, that's it for the weekly Friday mailbag again. Tweet at me at Julian Council. DM me at Julian Council. Again, don't get crazy, but follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. Make sure to also rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Odyssey, and all of the other great podcasting platforms out there. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Sunday, hopefully, and the Charlotte Bowl as the Bills, half of Charlotte's favorite team, and the Panthers, the real team here in Charlotte, meet up on Sunday afternoon. I will talk to you all that evening at 6 p.m., and you can check me later on after Sunday Night Football on WCNC with Nick Carboni. So until then, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Happy holidays. Love y'all. Goodbye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.